Welcome to Spoilers. I am Stevie. Uh, today I have uh, producer Money Mike with me in the house, and we will be talking about uh, the new Edgar Wright movie coming out, Baby Driver. What's up, Mikey? Uh, not much. Uh, how are you guys? No, Drew's here as well. Yeah, Drew's listening in. Uh, he's a big Edgar Wright fan. I think he wants to ask some questions. Is that right, Drew? Yeah, I'm just here to lurk on the pod and get it spoiled <laughs> for me because I wasn't lucky enough to go to a screener. Yeah, me and Mikey actually got uh, lucky that we live near a fellow podcaster, Josh Long. Uh, what is it? He's, he can, I don't want to get him in trouble, he can vote for the Emmys, regional Emmys? Is that what, is that what he is? I don't know what Josh's job technically is. Neither do I. He, he has a, I think he has an Emmy, yeah, like an Emmy certi- certification or something. He's, like he can he's on vote. a board. He's on a board. He's a very powerful man in the machine. <laughs> yeah, he's Mr. Scene. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hollywood. Uh, and yeah, uh, he, he gets he, advanced screenings of movies. He gets advanced sometimes. screeners and uh, he threw him off to me and money. Well, but you guys technically kind of broke the law. I think you should touch on that. <laughs> well, technically a little bit. Um, <laughs> we, we got his passport. I did have to break into Josh's house. I did break into Josh's house. To Mike, Mike, he broke into Josh's and borrow his passport. <laughs> what, what people may not know, because we haven't really seen, we don't really post photos of ourselves, is Josh is like what six three, six four. He's very tall. He's taller than me, and I'm taller than you. Yeah, and I'm like a steely five nine, and uh, <laughs> like Josh is also dominance there. I'm taller than you. <laughs> for the record. But Josh is much taller than me. <laughs> Hence his so let's, media let's, prowess. Let's, for exaggeration purposes, put Josh at 6'4", 6'5", and he's also 32 years old. <laughs> he's really old. And, yeah, his he's, plan was to borrow his his passport yeah, he had to like, add an ID. Yeah, I said he had to flash an ID, which luckily we didn't have to. But Josh Long looks nothing like me, so I was extremely nervous. As they didn't we were even card a, you? So all of that was for <clears> nothing? That's crazy. Yeah, they didn't even card us. And the crazy thing was, in Chicago, like they were setting up like all these like Spider-Man Homecoming things. So like like these bunch of like background drops, like putting up these giant bright lights, like they're gonna be doing interviews, like some type of red carpet event. And there was this line out the wazoo, and I was like, oh, it's probably for that. And we kept asking where the line for Baby Driver was, because we got there probably an hour and a half early, and. The guy at the counter showed us the completely wrong way. So we're like, okay, we're going over here. Ask this guy. And he's like, oh, the line's right there. And it was that giant line we thought was for Spider-Man. Yeah. We thought we were kind of screwed for a little while. but we And ended it opened up... two theaters. Yeah. That was pretty cool. But uh, to get into the movie, uh, this movie was written and directed by Edgar Wright. Uh, I think it's his fifth or sixth full feature movie at... Uh, Stars uh, Ansel Egger, El Gore. I really can't say his name that great. Uh, John Bernthal, John Hamm, uh, see Elsa Gonzalez, Mika Howard, Lily James, Morgan Brown, Kevin Spacey. You guys know. Um, so, Mike, let's get into it. How did this movie start off for you? Uh, this movie starts off with a pretty awesome action sequence. Uh, there's a bank robbery, and the protagonist is a getaway driver. And uh, they have a pretty awesome chase. I thought it kind of rivaled some of the better chase scenes I've ever seen. I think it did too. Even is it? I mean, you and I talked about this after the movie. This movie's pretty much one giant music video. 
in a way, yeah. would you say? Yeah. Because the, the main character, uh, he has, what is it, tinnitus in his ears? Always has a constant ringing. So he's constantly listening to music throughout the whole movie. And this movie starts off with uh, the song by John Spencer, Blues Explosion, which is Bell Bottoms. And I think it was probably a five to ten minute chase scene. And it really did rival uh, really any movie you can see. The action's really tight. The dialogue's pretty cool. And I just thought it was a great way to start the movie. Yeah, it kind of set the pace for the whole movie because uh, it was kind of nonstop for most of it. There wasn't a whole lot of downtime in between action sequences, which was really fun. And it kind of kept the pace up. Yeah, uh, the the first getaway went off without a hitch. And sorry if I missed things, audience. I mean, I really didn't get to write anything down. And I only got to see it once because it was a screener. So if I miss things, I don't have the greatest memory. I apologize. But the uh, the second one, um, the second chase is pretty much a brand new crew, which is Jamie Foxx is the leader of that crew, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so uh, they don't ever work with like the same crew twice, just so they don't get in trouble or something. They don't if they don't get caught as easy. Yeah, and Kevin Spacey is the ringleader of all of this, and it, it happened after the first one. Uh, John Bernthal's character says he really doesn't trust Baby, and John Hamm and uh, his. Uh, I guess pretty much wife, Darling, are in on that one. But in the second one is Jamie Foxx and a bunch of really, I wouldn't say nobody actors, but pretty much nobody actors. And this one is a lot more complicated. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, this one is, this is the one where they knock over a, uh, is it a security truck? Yeah. Like a bank, a, yep. bank truck. And so Baby is the getaway driver again, and Jamie Foxx, ends up killing one of the security guards and so it kind of goes haywire from there and this chase kind of gets out of control and uh doesn't a couple of the crew die and a lot of other people die as well don't they yeah it's definitely i mean the the way the first uh bank robbery started off it was clean I mean, everything about it was just absolutely perfect. And this one is just it goes absolutely everything that could go wrong does go wrong. So there's a scout at the security truck waiting for him. And pretty much he knows right away, OK, these are the guys. And he's in immediate pursuit, pretty much screwing up all their plans. They're in a pretty heavy pickup truck to start off with. They have to ditch the pickup truck. One of the crew member dies. They have to pretty much run in the middle of traffic, jump into another car. Yeah, uh, pretty much tears that their cover, and blowing the cover, and everybody's like getting identified, and they're kind of being really sloppy about it. Yeah, it's definitely not the uh, way it should have gone. And Jamie Foxx's character, who pretty much plays Motherfucker Jones, except in a different movie, which is Baby Driver. It, it, wouldn't you agree? It was kind of the same character. Yeah, what's his name? Is it? It was Bats. Bats. Yeah, I think his real name was Leon, but they everyone in the crew goes by uh, code names. And um, Bats is Jamie Foxx's, and him and Baby do not see eye to eye, pretty yeah, much. Jamie Foxx is kind of picking on him the entire movie, trying to get him to make a move on Jamie, or make a move on him or something so he could retaliate. I don't know, it was kind of 
he was kind of pushing his buttons to see what he would do. And I, I just think that was Jamie Foxx's character. He just was really a wild card and really didn't care about anybody but himself. <clears throat> and this is where the I wouldn't say has a lull, but it does slow down. You get a baby origin story of how he lost his parents and why he lives and why he was adopted by. Um, so he's deaf, right? Yeah, the guy who adopted him. Yeah, the guy who adopted him is guy. deaf, so yeah. he knows sign language. And sorry to jump jump back to this, but there's a really cool scene after the first robbery where, like, it's it actually is like a music video. Everything that every lyric that comes up in the song is either on a wall or someone's shirt, or like in a kind of a backdrop. So it bumps along to the music really well. Uh, if you can compare it to anything, I would go to like the uh, dance um, dance music video by. Uh, by Justice. That's probably the closest thing compared to. But um, he meets a girl, and uh, how does he meet her? Uh, so he always goes to this one diner, and I guess she's been working there. And he's been going to this diner forever because his mom used to work there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he just finally talks to her, and it was love at first sight, I guess. Yeah, and... This is kind of the point in his life where he he's like officially done as the getaway driver. He has yeah. a ton of money saved up. Um, he's he's dri- paying off debt to Kevin Spacey. Yeah, there's a small backstory to that. When he was younger, he stole Kevin Spacey's car. And Kevin Spacey hired him at a very young age to be a getaway driver. And he's been his number one guy ever since. They actually are quite like a team. And... Um, uh, our main character, Baby, he's done with the getaway life. He becomes a pizza driver. He does, you know, odd, pretty much just odd jobs to get by to pay money, and he loves having a new girlfriend. And one night at a very fancy restaurant, because uh, he really is enjoying his new life, he gets back, he meets Kevin Spacey again, and Kevin Spacey pretty much tells him, you're going to be working for me again, or your legs will be broken, and I will ruin your life. And this is the trope... I mean, it's not. I mean, it is a trope. It's a lot like other movies, especially like a movie we just did, which was Heat, where this is like, okay, one last job, and then I'm officially out. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I kind of wish they went a different route with it, but it's a, it's a, it's a mob movie, mob gangster getaway movie, so it's a typical trope. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I just don't like that trope of one last one, and then I'm yeah, done. Yeah, it was. It was that, that was the same thing. One last job. One final one la- ride. Yeah, it was yeah. the weakest part. It was one of the weaker parts of the movie. It's like, ugh, I really wish it could have been done differently. Because but, he pays off his debt like 20 minutes into the movie or something. So it's kind of weird. Yeah. And I guess what I guess you kind of go, it was to be like into the second act of he's kind of gearing up to do it once more. And uh, this crew is has uh, Jamie Foxx, Bats, has John Hamm, and it has Darling and Baby. So they've never, I mean, they're using the same people, but they've never actually worked together. And what are they, they going to knock over this time? It's the post office? Yeah, they got some scheme to launder money orders. From the post office, I guess John John Hamm's character was previously a 
stockbroker or something like that. He worked on Wall Street, so he knows how to do all this kind of stuff to launder these money orders. So they're going to steal a bunch and try and do that. Yeah, and the there's kind of this cute scene where um, Kevin Spacey tells Baby to go and scope out the place a day beforehand. And he is it his nephew he sends in with them, like a little eight-year-old boy? Yeah, Kevin Spacey's nephew. It, it's really cute because it's almost like the nephew knows more about robbing and like what to look for as far as cameras and people and how time is moving so fast and so slowly. And I thought that was kind of a cute scene. But yeah, this and before we get like into like the one final job, baby has it kind of set up where after that job, he's going to immediately leave immediately leave with his new girlfriend and put his uh, foster father into a home so he can be protected. But um, and, and then, oh, uh, ahead, I was sorry. Uh, I was. You said he was going to leave with his girlfriend, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they plan to do the typical young teenage. We'll leave together and go yeah. out west. A very popular trope amongst movies as well. But th- when they finally get to the post office, um, this is how you kind of know everything's going to go wrong. Baby has like pretty much it timed out to where when he starts a song they go and he knows when they you know, it's kind of like pump up to him when they get to certain points of the song he should be in certain places doing certain things and uh one of the women that he saw in the post office is outside instead of inside and did they already kill someone from the post office like when she was on the sidewalk uh, yeah, so she's, like, walking towards a garage Super door. Super sweet lady. Like, he actually yeah. likes her. She's, like, walking towards a garage door, and they're, they're leaving the bank through that garage door with, like, shotguns in hand, and they've just stolen a bag of money orders. And so they're, like, in a pretty dangerous area. So he, uh, Baby is, like, trying to warn her to go away, to leave, and she kind of picks up on that signal. And... Uh, a security guard or something is alerted and then they kind of kill that security guard like right in front of her and baby kind of freaks out. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of getting real for him because he actually likes that woman. He like wants to get her out of danger as like much as possible. And John Hamm, darling and bats all jump in the car, tell him to go, go, go. And in front of the car, cause he's parked on the curb, like on the side of the building is a truck with a pole sticking out of the back of it with kind of like some water running. So baby's constantly running his wipers and people are screaming at him, screaming at him. Baby's pretty, uh, in like a catatonic state right now, really not responding to anything. And he just floors it, which is, this is the part of the movie that surprised me. Jamie Foxx gets killed really early. (laughs) Yeah. This Um, came out of nowhere, which I thought was like a cool direction. He won and he floors it. And that pole goes through the windshield and through Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. And the woman he's trying to protect loses it. Uh, John Hamm and Darlene freak out at Baby. They have to get out of the car now and try to find another one. And is this where they all split up and Baby's doing parkour? Yeah, they're kind of running. He's kind of running through the park, and John Hamm and Darling are having a. A heat style shootout. Yeah, this was uh, against the very. It reminded me a lot of Heat. <laughs> The, yeah, uh, that was kind of similar, actually. It was very similar. Um, 
Baby uh, is pretty much running throughout a mall trying to get disguises, doing parkour through a park. And the cops are pretty much on to him. And he's able to get to this parking lot where um, where uh, he can steal a car. And when he's backing up to leave because he's looted the cops, he runs into the car that Darlin and John Hamm's character, Buddy, have also stolen. And the cops swarm again. Yeah, and John, John Hamm kind of like has a funny moment where he just is like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> they're already crazy. pissed at Baby. Yeah. I mean, Baby's like... Because throughout the movie, John Hamm sticks up for Baby. He's kind of close to him. Yeah. He, he kind of identifies them. He sticks up for him around Bat, sticks up for him around Kevin Spacey's character. And so to see that relationship die was, I mean, it was sad. It, it and during the shoot. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say it did kind of suck because they were friends. And uh, that was kind of like Baby's last friend, if you could call Kevin Spacey his friend. Uh, but. Yeah, because, I mean, right when he screwed everything up, Kevin Spacey wasn't his friend. Bats is dead. Darlin's on the run with John Hamm. And John Hamm's just like, why did you put us in this situation? All you had to do was drive. Yeah. And um, that's where Darlin gets killed in the parking lot. Yeah, John Hamm kind of loses it because uh, that's his wife. Uh, so he... I. Did they ever show how he kind of like escapes from all those cops? Because I know Baby like ends up stealing an old woman's car. He kind of runs right. away. Right, and that, that kind of plays into the ending as well. Because Baby steals this old woman's car, and she's petrified and sad. You can tell like she's just like really not feeling good about the situation. And Baby looks in her sidecar and sees her purse and throws it out. And he says, "I'm really sorry." And they never really showed how John Ham got away. And this yeah. is, oh god! I was just gonna say I don't know if they did or I don't just don't remember it, but he he, he kind of escapes and kind of tracks down Baby later on. Yeah, because there, there's kind of a lot of moving parts in this movie. But long story short, before that job, um, they went to the diner where Baby's girlfriend worked, and they all kind of scouted her, and they were really screwing with her to see how much they could get out of Baby. And maybe after he didn't know her. So that's where kind of John Hamm knew where to go immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He kind of had a collateral over Baby. So if anything happened, he kind of knew what buttons of his to push to get. Right. Something. And it's pretty chaotic. I mean, it's really, this is pretty much right where Jamie Foxx is killed. The movie just becomes like heat and just chaotic nonstop. Um, Baby tries to get his uh, his foster dad to a home. He tries to save Deborah. Ends up getting a shootout with John Hamm while he's running from police. There's a lot of these moving parts, and eventually, Baby and his girlfriend Deborah meet up uh, in a parking garage where also John Hamm has tracked them down. Yeah, they meet and, up with uh, Kevin Spacey, who's going to try to give him a chance to escape. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool because he figured like he'd be like a bad guy, but he was just like, you know, I was young and loved once too. Here you go. Just go. Yeah. And did Kevin Spacey's character die? I forget. Yeah, he gets, uh, what's John Ham's character? Oh, Buddy. Buddy, Buddy, Buddy runs him over, doesn't he? Over. Yeah. And this is also a very cool part of the movie. Um, John Ham's character asked uh baby in a previous job what his favorite queen song was what gets you really pumped up when you drive 
And Baby kind of pauses and goes, Brighton Rock. He's like, when that song comes on, like, I know, like, I can be, do, be at my best driving. And while Buddy and Baby are going toe-to-toe, like, in a driving contest in a parking garage, Brighton Rock is playing. And it hits all the right notes at all the right times. It is a perfect song to be playing during that. And... Uh, it's really awesome because all of the all of the driving scenes are synced up really well with the music so it's, it's yeah, really fun to watch it's, it is a lot of fun to watch like, uh the music has great depth i like the music video. yeah it's like one like i said the movie the uh movie has great depth when he has like one earpiece out you can definitely tell there's one earpiece out and he has both in you're locked in when he doesn't have any in which is very rarity um it's pretty much silent but uh long story short in typical fashion deborah and baby defeat john ham by (laughs) this is kind of funny they drive his truck off like the side of the parking garage john ham escapes gets up and he has the upper hand on baby and he says you know what baby i'm gonna take exactly what you, you took for me which is what you love and he looks like he's going to shoot Deborah, who's standing there empty-handed. But he actually puts the gun right next to Baby's ears and makes him deaf. Didn't you think that, was, that part yeah. was kind of cool? That part was kind of cool because... Yeah, <laughs> yeah and... Um, pretty much Deborah saves the day, ends up... Uh, hitting John Ham's gun away, John Ham's gun away into Baby, which Baby never really shot anybody throughout the movie. Well, he's actually shooting people now, and uh, he shoots John Ham off the side of the uh, parking garage, and John Ham fiery explodes. And when you think it's going to end all happy that Baby left a lot of money to his foster dad in the home, and Deborah's driving pretty much an unconscious baby to the border of Canada, you think, okay, this is how it's going to end. The cops surround them. And I kind of had this feeling of Thelma and Louise because Deborah puts her foot on the gas and baby grabs the wheel and puts like his foot on the brake, which I was happy they didn't go like in a blaze of glory. Baby knew. He's like, you know what? This is me, not you. And I'm going to get arrested. And uh, how did it go from there? Uh, yeah, so they get caught, and I guess it just kind of shows a montage of Baby, like, in a correctional facility, waiting for his court date, and then he's in court, and they kind of have witness testimonies from the old woman that he stole the car from as, like, the nicest car thief ever, so she kind of respected him for that. Just, like... He has done a lot of bad things in his life, but he's kind of always, like... Made uh, good with them. Uh, it was always kind of, like, out of necessity. Yeah. So he's yeah. never, like, actually hurt anybody. Uh, he's just been doing this stuff just to kind of survive. So they were just, like, kind of vouching for him, telling the judge that he was a good person, but he was still a criminal, so he ended up going to jail anyways. Yeah, he um, it was like the biggest character witness testimony ever. People, person after person, just tell him how good of a person Baby was, and um, he, end, he ends up getting like a twenty-year sentence, but he can be on parole in five. 
And while he's in prison, he gets a letter from Deborah telling her that telling him that she's out west waiting for him. And it's pretty much how it ends. Uh, what did you think of the movie? What would you where would you rank it in uh, Edgar Wright's box set, if you will? Uh, this is the I thought like a totally different kind of movie than he usually does. He does those like Shaun of the Dead uh at the world's end those movies which are very funny british comedies uh so this is like it came totally out of left field but uh this would probably be my favorite of his movies but again it's it's just different than all of his other stuff i like Shaun of the dead a lot so that'd probably be my number two um yeah this is um it definitely had a much different tone. I thought it was going to... It didn't have that double entendre tone, you know what I mean? In a lot of his movies, they say one thing, and you think they mean something, but they kind of pan the camera, and it's something completely different. All, something completely different, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that was kind of like the Simon Pegg part of it, where that, that wasn't a part of this movie. I think this is his best movie. The action's insane. It's a fun story, it's well acted, and the music is just a treat to listen to. So I'd say this, then probably Hot Fuzz for me. Yeah, this was a pretty great movie. I'm glad, I'm really glad and excited that we got to go up to Chicago and see it before everybody else. Bunch of suckers. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. And uh, even if you think the story's not great or the action's not what you want it to be, the music, I mean, I have the... uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. I have the set list right here. If it'll let me bring it up. Okay. Pretty deep set list, and it's actually really good. We have uh, John Spencer, Blues Explosion. They play Bell Bottoms. Harlem Shuffle by uh, Bob and Earl. We have Egyptian Reggae by uh, Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers. We have Smokey Joe's La La by Googie, Googie Renee. Uh, we have uh, Let's Go Away for a While by the Beach Boys. Baby by Carla Thomas. Cashmere by Cashmere Stage Band, you know, I, I can go on and on, you know, Brighton Rock by Queen. Uh, there's even a Beck song, Deborah, that's pretty good, and Deborah by T-Rex. So check it out for the music, if anything. It syncs up really well to this movie. So give this movie a definite yes. Go see it. And uh, you good, Money? Yeah. Was that spoilers? That was spoilers. Uh, I think we should probably read some plugs. Uh, Pappy, what do you got? What, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Someone else. Uh, read us some plugs, Pap. What you got? I don't have any plugs ready. I have no plugs ready. <laughs> you are the worst. Okay. Uh, God, I'm so bad at these plugs, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, if you want to call us and leave us a voicemail tell us uh, how we're doing or talk to us about a movie you've just seen you can call us at 903-SPOIL-07 that's 903-SPOIL-07 I think we just had someone leave us a quite uh, quite a review, uh, voicemail of contempt for It Comes at Night which that movie was god awful but uh, I, got, I got the other plugs I got the other plugs yes serve it up money all right, Twitter at spoilers underscore pod, Instagram at podcast spoilers, website podcastspoilers.com, email podcastspoilers at gmail.com. 
Those are the plugs. <laughs> and, and Josh Hensley. And we'd like to thank Josh Hensley of the Rutabaga for playing us out week after week, doing an awesome job. Thank you, Josh. That was spoilers. This better or Boss Baby better? Dude, Baby Driver. Was so good. Out of out of the baby out of the multiple baby movies I've seen this year, I think that was a pretty Boss good episode. Baby, Boss Baby might be the better baby movie. <laughs>